he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So Steve, come up here. You got the next 10, 12 minutes. Here you go. Well, good morning, brothers. We're going to do a smoky in the bandit this morning. I've got a lot to share in a short time to do it. So get your ears on. We're going to get to sharpening here. At last week's Iron Man Coffee, John Bishop powerfully teed up this month's question, why does God allow pain and suffering? Have you ever been in such pain and suffering that you wondered why? I have. It is one of the most frequently asked questions regarding faith, according to Lee Strobel, author of The Case for Christ. Countless books have been written attempting to address the question. One of my favorites was made into a movie entitled The Shack. If you've not seen it, make it a priority. Strobel said the question is usually asked by a person presently experiencing pain and or suffering. They are in serious pain and they are looking for someone to be Jesus to them. They are looking for someone to love them and help take care of them, to reach out to them. It's about their own hurts right here, right now, and we need to be sensitive to that. My family and I experienced this when we suddenly and unexpectedly were struck with the reality that our youngest son had taken his life. As I listened last week to Brother Bishop explain how even the worst pain and suffering imaginable can be healed through forgiveness, kindness, patience, and realizing that we are not alone, revealing what he referred to as father scars, I could not have agreed more as our family has the scars for life. There is one thing that is required first though, and that is understanding that God is not the creator of evil, pain, and suffering. That answers the question, why didn't God create a world where people don't suffer? The answer is he did. Genesis 1.31 says God saw all that he had made and it was very good. So if God is not the author of pain and suffering, where did it come from? God has existed from eternity past as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in perfect harmony in the relationship of love. That has gone on for eternity. When God reached the decision he wanted to create humankind, he wanted humankind to experience this greatest value in the universe, which is the value of love. And the only way we can experience and express love is if we have the free will to love or not to love. It is also through this free will that we choose to forgive or to be forgiven, to be kind or receive kindness, to be patient or extend patience, and most importantly for us men, to choose not to be alone or let a brother experience pain and suffering alone. This past year, my wife and I celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary. Even though we shared some of the classes together in middle school and high school, my wife hung out mostly on Venus while I was busy conquering Mars. So we never actually spoke to each other until the night after Christmas in our senior year of high school. That afternoon, my best friend Andy called and asked if I wanted to go see the just-released movie Papillon. Naturally, I says, yes, it's got Steve McQueen in it, you know. Andy and I did everything together. To say that I was surprised to see two girls, my future bride and her best friend in the back seat is an understatement. <laughs> I would quickly learn that Andy was interested in my bride and her best friend had a crush on me. Somehow I wound up sitting between the girls and we now know Andy showed us amazing grace in forgiving us of the outcome as he would be my best man and I would be his when he married Dina. Andy became one of Ohio's finest highway patrol when they call him an ace in record time and I joined the army as a combat medic where I earned one of those million dollar wounds John told us about last week. Ooh, Fast forward to August 1985. My wife and I have been married five years and were comfortable in our careers when I left her seven and a half months pregnant with her three-year-old to accept a job offer in Florida that brought us here. 
That was supposed to be funny. <laughs> in February 1987, we were blessed with our third son, Benjamin Andrew. His middle name was given in honor of Andy as Dina had recently divorced him and moved out of the state. Andy had gotten a vasectomy because they agreed to forego children for career aspirations, and Andy was feeling remorseful for getting fixed. Uncle Andy's first name was James, so he was thrilled to hear that our son was going to share his middle name. For a while, he would call more frequently to see how his young namesake was doing, which is what we were hoping for. However, like many of us that have tried self-medicating in isolation to cure depression, the communication became very sporadic. Then one day in 1989, the Andy we all knew and loved called to share the good news that he had just gotten married to a nurse with two young children. We were very happy for him and looked forward to meeting his new family. Unfortunately, that never happened. One night after getting home from work pretty late, my wife met me at the door with a beer and said I need to sit down. She had something important to tell me. Paula, her best friend from high school, had called to tell us that Andy had taken his life with his service revolver. We had never experienced such tragedy, pain, and sadness. The scar still hurts, especially when we think of what might have been or when we hear stories of others who have experienced such grief, like Brother Doug shared with us recently. Fast forward to 2005. Our boys had grown into fine young men that any man would be proud of. Our youngest had just turned 18, and the oldest was in college, so the driveway was getting a break from some of those epic two-on-two -two basketball games we now have fond memories of. It was a few minutes past 10 in the morning, March 29th, when the phone rang at work, and one of my associates said, it was my wife calling, and it sounds like she's crying hard. I knew it had to be something pretty serious, as this woman that raised three boys was pretty good at handling most problems without bothering dad at work. I was not prepared for the level of grief, pain, and profound sadness in my wife's voice as she sobbed, saying, Steve, you got to come home right now. Ben's dead. At the time, I was working in Leesburg, and while I made it home in record time, it was the longest drive of my life. The scene at the house was so surreal, it seemed like the whole neighborhood was standing in front of our house. Our good friend and one of the pastors from church was in the front yard with my wife and two sons. The first responders were in the house with our other son and would not let me in. The shock was paralyzing. Fortunately, our church family and friends swooped in and picked us up while we made final arrangements and planned a memorial service for our beloved son in the days that followed. It was during this chaos that for the first time in my life, I began to truly understand the level of pain and suffering God must have felt losing his only son. I will never stop thanking him for blessing us with three sons. It also triggered an amazing new ability to really feel and identify with pain and suffering in others that I had never experienced. I believe that is what led me to become a Stephen minister a few years later. When my wife called the mental health counselor to cancel the appointment we had made for Ben the next day, the doctor insisted on seeing all of us immediately. God was already at work on healing the wounds, mental, physical, and spiritual, that we sustained. He truly does heal the brokenhearted, but it takes time, and some wounds take longer to heal and become a scar that will always be there to remind us of his love for us. If you think about it, even God has a scar reflecting pain and suffering, and we see it whenever our eyes see a cross. We knew that something had happened to Ben. We would learn later that he had, had most likely had experienced a psychotic break and would have struggled with bipolar schizophrenia the rest of his life. Our therapist would meet with us individually and collectively at least once a week for a couple months, helping us to process and heal. She helped us to understand that we are not alone and encouraged us to cling to each other as we work through feelings and emotions with forgiveness, patience, and kindness. 
Our story does not end there, however. With the remaining time I have, I'd like to share a few examples with you of what God values more than anything else and wants us to experience fully through the free will that he gives us. First and foremost, our family freely chose to accept love as we clung to and loved family, friends, and everyone we knew more than we had ever thought possible. That choice continues today as we are all huggers and you will hear I love you often. Our personal relationships with Christ have never been stronger and we are eager to encourage others to put their trust in God's truth found upon the cross and told so beautifully in John 3.16. Our sons have grown to become great fathers and husbands with successful, successful careers and have blessed us with beautiful, loving daughter-in-laws and four awesome grandchildren, one being the first girl on my side of the family in 47 years. In honor of their brother, Benjamin Andrew, our sons named their first boy Everett Benjamin and Mason Andrew. Our oldest son changed his major and earned his bachelor's degree in psychology and his master's in clinical social counseling because he wants to help people to choose to receive forgiveness, kindness, and patience, and most importantly, not to go it alone. The day of Ben's memorial service gave us three affirmations that he is always with us and he wants us to give all of our pain and suffering to his son so that he can heal and restore us. My wife was working as a postal clerk at the Sand Lake branch, and nearly every carrier in that station had asked to attend the afternoon service, but they are not allowed to leave their vehicles. Somehow, the Mid-Florida district manager heard what had happened and granted permission for them to park their locked vehicles together in line to attend the service at our church. I will never forget that sight. A lady from St. Cloud that used trained pigeons for special occasions called the night before at 1130 to say that she had heard we were looking for five birds to do a closing flyaway to the service and would be there. As the birds were released, we noticed that they were circling the cross where we were gathered, and when they finally departed for home, the lady came to us looking like she had seen a ghost saying that she had been handling birds for 35 years and felt something very spiritual had just occurred as her birds are trained to make one circle and fly home. And when we got home, I replaced on the wall a picture frame that we had taken to the service of an origin meaning for the name Benjamin written in calligraphy. As we gathered holding hands to pray before eating, it fell off the wall as I began to pray. At the January Ironman Coffee, Dr. Charles Cooper told us that the best tool we have in sharing the gospel and bringing people to Christ is to tell them what God has done for you. That is what I've tried to do this morning. On March 29, 2005, a significant part of who I was died. But through the greatest value in the universe that God offers us freely in the blood of his son, I was finally able to trust and embrace the value God so wants us to experience. Beautifully described in Galatians 2, 14 through 21. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Brothers, God is not the creator of our pain and suffering. He is the creator of the greatest value in the universe, which if applied as directed, is the best medicine for all pain and suffering. Apply it often. Will you pray with me? Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, thank you so much for this day, for the awesome gift of life through which you shower your blessings upon us each day. I thank you for every man in this room and for their love of you as I my love is the same. And Father, we just pray that whatever they've heard today, that it has touched them in a way that they understand that they have free will to use the most powerful gift in the universe. And I pray that they'll go forth into this world and do it. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.